as Alex's roommate shuts the door. <laughs> um, I am your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. You can find me on Twitter, at Dilly Sanders. And joining me right now is not my co-host, as always. It's Alex Katzen. You can find him on Twitter, at Alex Katzen, of Whole Nine Sports and the Whole Nine Sports Draft Podcast fame. Yes, sir. Where can um, they hear the Whole Nine Sports Draft Podcast? Um, anywhere you can get the whole nine sports podcast, you can also get the whole nine sports draft podcast. Um, oh, did you look at I will that? be on an episode. We'll have an episode coming out concurrently with the whole nine sports podcast on Tuesday morning. Wow. Would you look at that? So this is a Brandon is on later in the episode because this is a pretty awesome episode. We have two fantastic interviews, one with uh, Iowa State long snapper. uh, I said John Wordle. I was thinking of his dad because his dad followed me on Twitter. Great guy. (laughs) Great guy, John Wordle. Steve Wordle. Steve Wordle is the long snapper. Um, Also, John Wordle is his brother, too, who is also a long snapper in the NFL. Yes. Um, That was a great interview. Long snappers. Love Steve Wordle. We are big Steve Wordle fans here. Um, I'm the biggest Steve Wardle fan. Well, yeah, you you are the one that uh, at first suggested getting him on the podcast. So, yes, sir. Bow to That's you. That's why that was I a great one. come on this episode. Your the intro song you heard, "No Problems" by Chance the Rapper, was chosen by Steve Wardle. Um, yes. He had a great interview. That's the one you're going to hear next, right after th- this little intro segment. Um, and then it's going to jump to Alabama Edge Terrell Lewis. Um, which uh, was another really good, insightful uh, interview from a top-level prospect. Uh, Alex was not on that one, so he does not know. He has never. He hasn't heard it yet. Uh, are you excited for it? Yeah, I'm. I'm super excited to hear that one. Um, someone that Brandon said during Senior Bowl week had a great sense of humor, great personality. So I'm excited to uh, go back to the episode and hear hear what he's all about. Yeah, no. Um, I think we called him. We called him right after right after training and right before he went to a team meeting with a, with a random NFL team that is unnamed. Um, Excellent. So it was an interesting time. Uh, and then we, I think we called Steve. Did we, I think Steve Wardle also had just finished a workout. These people are I just always so, training right? for the combine. So yeah, um, rightfully so. Um, of course. So you know, these are awesome. Another thing that happened this weekend. Um, is the XFL happened week one? Uh, did you watch the games? I did. I watched all four of them. They were actually pretty good. Um, Surprisingly fun. Pleasantly right? surprised. Yeah, yeah. I had fun. Uh, um, I liked a lot of the new rules. The new um, rules were awesome. the uh, The insight on the on the 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 uh, the refing was awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, F- Philip Walker is awesome. Yes. Philip, I think Philip Walker or PJ Walker, depending on who you are, um, I think he's the early favorite for MVP. It's going to be him or Cardale. Yeah, 
Um, for sure. And then yeah, uh, overall, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, Jordan Tom, Jordan Tomu, surprisingly, get Jordan well. Tomu on an NFL team. Jordan <laughs> Tomu is a god. Honestly, <laughs> twenty of twenty-seven for two and nine and seventy-seven rushing yards. Yeah, I love Jordan Tomu. Get Put him on get Nelson team. Spruce. I couldn't believe get Nelson Spruce on an NFL get Nelson team. Spruce. Nelson Austin Bruce, Prohl. former Charger. Yeah. Former Ram. A lot of yeah. these people need to be on NFL teams. I think they will be. Honestly. We should just expand the size of an NFL roster. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, you know, it was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I'm gonna, if you want to read more on it, you can read, go over to Alex's uh, article on whole9sports.com. Uh, yeah. I wrote a week week run week one recap, uh, all four games plus uh, five of the new rules that I went over. Awesome! Had a so, lot of fun writing it. Go read that, um, and then so now is going to be the Steve Wardle interview, then Terrell Lewis, and then we come back. We're going to talk about um, a, a, a change coming to Alex's favorite team. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and what all that will entail. So. Uh, enjoy this interview and we'll see you back later. 7.59 a.m. Hello and uh, welcome back to another segment in this episode. Um, joining me right now is uh, Brandon, uh, Alex, those are Hello. B- both of the whole nine people. Alex is actually missing class to be here. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then, it's nine in the morning. And then uh, also joining us is, I guess, now former Iowa State uh, long snapper, Steve Wordle. Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. No no problem. How are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, how are you guys doing? Good. I think Alex you woke up like 10 minutes ago. We normally I've been awake really for roughly night, 15 minutes. So. but you know. <laughs> Well, dang, I was, now I'm getting up at uh, about 7 a.m. Central Time every morning now, so it's a little change. Oh, yeah. That um, sounds terrible. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like an adult. <laughs> yeah. I'm out. <laughs> um, oh, for sure. Um, so if we want to get go into it, we just have a couple questions for you. They're, uh, real, it's real gotcha journalism. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, we're, we're going to ruin here. your career. Things so. <laughs> that's that's uh, over here. Uh. <laughs> um, so, Brandon, you can go ahead with the first question. Yeah, uh, so of course we met in Mobile. That's how we got in touch. Uh, what was your Senior Bowl week like? Uh, my Senior Bowl week, it was pretty hectic, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I didn't have, uh, you know, too much knowledge of kind of what, what was going to go on, um, you know, leading up to that week. So it was kind of really cool to kind of experience it all and kind of go from there. But, you know, for me, I think the biggest thing I took away from it was kind of the mental aspect of it and you know you have to meet with teams um you know do a handful of interviews whenever they hit you up uh you know any time of the day whenever as long as you don't have meetings or anything like that um you know kind of be ready for those at the same time and then you know you got to go out to practice and obviously kind of show what you can do in front of those you know scouts and coaches that are there um you know and at the same time we were learning you know, kind of with the Lions, you know, I was on the North team with the Detroit Lions, so we were kind of learning their scheme and, you know, kind of their terminology and stuff like that, so it was uh, kind of really good to, um, you know, obviously be in a little NFL system for a week like that and kind of just learn their basic stuff and, 
um, you know, kind of go from there. But really kind of the biggest thing for me of that week was just kind of the mental aspect of things. And, you know, you just really, you know, no matter what you were doing, you just had to be mentally with it and just kind of understand to kind of be in the present in that moment. You know, if you're in a meeting, then you got to be, you know, focused on what you're learning and stuff like that. Or if you're, you know, meeting with a scout, then, you know, you got to be understanding the questions. You know, just kind of answer it that way. So, yeah, just kind of for me, it was just kind of the, the big mental aspect of it. But uh, it was also really cool to kind of be around some of those guys, some of those big name college football players, and, you know, just kind of be around them and, you know, kind of kick back and, you know, talk football or just talk life in general. So, um, but overall, it was a really, really cool weekend. You know, made, uh, you know, some new, new friends down the road here and, uh, you know, guys that now will kind of go through the same process here within the you know, next couple months. Yeah, and then uh, just one more follow-up about the senior bowl. Mm-hmm. What was your longest meeting? Because I or how long was it? Because I heard while we were down there that a team had one player for two and a half hours. <laughs> I would. Uh, it was probably Justin Herbert, probably. But uh, uh, my longest meeting was probably probably about twenty-five, thirty minutes. Um, you know, kind of being a specialist, it's probably a little different. Uh, you know, there's probably not as much to kind of test you on and stuff like that um, you know I know a lot of those guys like to kind of see your football IQ so I'm sure with a lot of those you know skilled guys like quarterbacks and maybe some DBs it's probably there's probably a little more to it but um yeah, yeah no probably for me it's probably about 25 30 minutes uh you know I had a really good amount of meetings as well so you know, that was a positive too yeah, and um, speaking of you know you're being a specialist, so it's the 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 whole like aspect of scouting you and like recruiting you is obviously going to be a little bit different. What was it like uh, like being scouted as a long snapper? I mean, uh, and what convinced you to go to Iowa State? I mean, I know you had to get some good offers because you never missed a snap in high school, so I'm sure that there's right. sure that the, you had some some interest. So what was it like being recruited, and why did you pick Iowa State? Yeah, the uh, kind of the biggest thing as a specialist when you go through the recruiting process is, you know, they really emphasize patience and, you know, a lot of, all the, obviously a lot of those other guys get their, their offers early on and they'll be recruited early on as well. So for me, kind of being a specialist, you have to be patient and it kind of, you know, as those guys get their offers then they'll kind of turn their attention to the specialists and, you know, teams that need specialists and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, for me, it, it kind of picked up heavy towards the end of my junior year and the beginning of my senior year that summer. And, you know, I was just really fortunate enough to first pick up an offer from the University of Illinois. I got a great shirt scholarship there and then, um, you know, had a great shirt scholarship as well to the University of Georgia. So it was kind of kind of good to kind of get those two offers. And, you know, as a specialist to a lot of coaches, once one offer hits, it seems like then all this interest picks up and stuff like that. So kind of after that, um, you know, went through the season and you know, went went through that, and then, um, you know, the coach that offered me at Illinois was Alex Golish, and he then, when Coach Matt Campbell got the job at Iowa State, Coach Golish was brought onto the staff, and uh, it actually worked out awesome that the fact that Iowa State, their current snapper, he was graduated, and then their other snapper, he was the former coach, Paul Rose, it was his son, so he was kind of just kind of going to follow his dad wherever he went, so it really worked out well, and Literally, as Coach Golish got there, he sat down with Coach Campbell. He told me and said, you know, like, I got the guy for you. And literally, after Campbell got the job, it was that next week that Coach Brian Gasser, who was the special teams coordinator here at the time, came out, was at my house, sitting at my kitchen table that night. And then Coach Golish was there the week after. And 
Um, you know, took my official out here and I was fortunate enough to receive that full ride scholarship. So, um, you know, you kind of have that full ride and, you know, knowing you're coming and being the guy right away and not having to kind of go through that gray shirt process. It kind of one up them. And, um, you know, the biggest thing I like to see is to get out to the school and, you know, really meet the staff and the players. Cause I think it tells you a lot. And, um, you know, I came out to Iowa State for the visit and it was weird, you know, just right when I stepped foot out here, it just felt like the place for me. And, um, you know, sat down with Coach Campbell and his staff. And, you know, the thing I like about them is, you know, they preach a family atmosphere. And that's kind of one thing that I was fortunate enough to be a part of with my high school program. And to have that family atmosphere out here was really cool. And I know he was in his first year here. So it was kind of hard to really sit down with the players and kind of hear how Coach Campbell was because they never played under, under him yet. So, um, you know, I just really used those coaches as a source to kind of gather that information. And everything they said to me, you know, they stayed loyal to that. And, uh, you know, they trusted within me and I, you know, trusted within, within them. So it was kind of, um, you know, a really easy decision for me. And I, you know, remember making that decision one night and you know, I really decided to, uh, you know, commit to Iowa State. And, uh, you know, now I sit here four years later and I, everyone I talk to, I just tell them it was the best decision that I've ever made. And, you know, this program is going to continue to rise. And, uh, you know, I could just speak so highly of Coach Gamble and, what he's done for, you know, my family and I and what he's done for Iowa State in general. So, um, yeah, no, the, but the recruiting process, it was uh, it was a good one. But, uh, yeah, just the biggest part of that I think I would talk about is just patience. For sure. Um, next question, we wanted to kind of touch on how you ended up becoming a long snapper. Um, right. I know your brother John is a long snapper also. Did you kind of just get into it because he was into it, or did you guys kind of start doing it together? Or like, how did that process start for you? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a question that everyone loves to know. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was funny, though. My uh, When my brother first kind of got into it, um, you know, we played for our local, like, uh, you know, Pee Wee team and stuff like that, the Orland Park Pioneers. And it was, uh, you know, I know some teams they'll have, we all had weight limits and I know some teams will do like a striper thing where the guy can only play the line or something like that. But for us, if you were exceeded of the weight limit, you had to go up to the next level. So when my brother was playing, their guy was over the weight limit. So they had to move him up to the next level. So, you know, one day my dad was just with my brother driving home and, you know, they were like wondering who's going to take the spot. And he just said, he looked in the rear mirror and said like, shoot, like, let's just, why don't you just try it out? So, uh, went out there and you know he started doing it and then uh you know a good family friend of ours brian mayer who was actually going to northern illinois university on a full ride to long snap we were kind of sitting down with them and you know we were it was totally foreign to us about long snapping and stuff like that and just the route if you were willing to take that and work at it the you know the future you can have in it so we sat down with them and uh you know they kind of really told us that stuff and we were like wow you know have college paid for you know to throw a ball between your legs so we kind of went went with it and uh you know then my seeing my brother go through it my dad was like you know we're gonna have you learn this as well and kind of go through it so we actually uh picked up on brian's coach nolan all and we went to him as well um you know my brother started training there went to high school uh you know i was training there as well you know started training there as i was still with the pioneers and then um you know went to high school continued training and uh yeah, I mean, uh, here we are today with it. Yeah, that's uh, that's awesome because I've never heard the story of becoming a long snapper. But uh, right, I I just want to know just how good are you, and could you knock a bottle cap off a bottle without knocking the bottle over? 
Well, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a firm believer that I'm the best long snapper in the nation, and it's, you know, something that I've taken pride in, and, you know, I've got a lot of stats and accolades to kind of back that up, um, you know, but I've, I've perfected my craft, but uh, I haven't tried the bottle cap challenge yet. Um, it'd be something that I'm willing to try, so maybe I'll go viral or something, trying to get my followers up, but uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, I'd be willing to try that, though. It's something that uh, you know, I also look into and maybe try and step it up a level and do something else. Yeah, um, and, and speaking to you, like, being one of the best in the nation, not only just from the snapping standpoint, I remember there's this in, – in, do you remember the Texas game? Yeah. At, at the end, yep. uh, whenever you force the offsides, uh, right. giving you a, an extra try and a little bit closer, and you ended up winning – uh, what was it? Mm-hmm. What, what, what did you see there? Like, what, what walk us through the end of that game? Yeah, so it's kind of one thing that um, you know I'll kind of look for in games is uh, you know even when you go off for your PATs or stuff like that, um, you know I'll kind of get a feel for it and I'll talk to the holder about you know the opposing team trying to jump the snap and you'll kind of see it a lot from the outside guys. You know, they're speed guys. Um, you know who are biting at the bit to kind of get back there. So um, it was kind of something from the first PAT. You can just kind of had that feel that they were doing it and kind of talking to the holder. It was like each PAT after that, they were getting kind of closer and closer. And, you know, something that I knew that I can, you know, control to kind of put an end to that, you know, because the play starts with me. So, um, you know, kind of just being with my holder on the field goals and stuff like that, it was just like each time, you know, they were getting closer and closer and they were really just trying to jump it and get that block. So we came out there for that. You know, go ahead, field goal at that point because there's still going to be some time left on the clock. And, you know, I just had that sense that, you know, they knew that the game was on the line there. So, you know, a kid just trying to make a big play, uh, you know, I decided to, you know, after we, you know, went through our cadence and, you know, after, you know, we normally snap it at right after that, you know, they would jump it. So as that kind of went along and then that play came, you know, we said the cadence and it was a good hard count by our holder. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of held it. And that guy jumped, and then, you know, I kind of felt that color come across, and then I snapped it, and, you know, the the flag was thrown, and, uh, you know, I knew it was offsides right away, and uh, as the refs kind of gathered up, um, you know, they made the call offsides, and, you know, it was just a really unique play at the end of the day, and it was, uh, you know, to kind of kind of go through that now with everyone after, it was uh, really cool like that, um, you know, because you know, I just knew at the end of the day, the play starting with me, it was kind of just a way to you know, kind of get them to jump off sides. But, you know, at the end of the day, it was a really good, like, team effort all around, you know, the linemen not to jump for us and, um, you know, our holder to do a, you know, good cadence as well to kind of draw them off. So, yeah, but, no, it was uh, sweet because then, you know, we got the first down. And after that, we just set it up for the game winner and our kicker, Connor Sally, came on. And, you know, we put the uh, game winner and we were able to knock off Texas. And, uh, yeah, no, it was sweet to beat Texas like that. For sure. Um Kind of switching gears a little bit here. You're going to be heading to the combine in a couple of weeks. Um, do you yes. have any predictions on how you're going to perform there? Yeah, uh, I think the uh, combine is a really good opportunity for me. And um, you know, like I said, I uh, I think one thing that you know sets me aside from any snapper, you know, in this class or anyone really out there right now is my athleticism. And you know, I think that's why you know I know we're all all consistent snappers and you know that's why we're at the level we're at now but I think when you look at my athleticism and what I can do in terms of running and getting downfield you know it sets me aside from anyone else and you know that's why I always say I'm the you know best in the country but 
I think they going to the combine now, it just really gives me a good chance to showcase that athleticism. And, you know, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do all my testing. I'm going to do the bench, the 40, and, you know, three-cone drills and shuttle and all that good stuff. Um, you know, so I think it's a really good opportunity that, you know, I'm training for right now and taking it one day at a time to, you know, just find little ways to improve myself so that I can really go out there and just, you know, kind of provide that wow factor to the scouts and coaches and, you know, GMs who are there. Um, you know, so I think, uh, you know, if I just go out there and just be the best version of me and, you know, just control what I can and do my job that, you know, it's going to set me up for success, not only at the combine, but, you know, in the long run as well. So it's uh, something that I'm really looking forward to. And I know that it's an opportunity that's, um, you know, one that I'm going to take full advantage of. And I think it's one that I can have a lot of success at. Wow. I say long snapper Steve World saying he's going to break both the bench and 40 records. That's uh, <laughs> that's wild. Um, so, of course, you were talking about Matt Campbell before and <coughs> how he's helped you. Uh, I used to go to Toledo, so I have a lot of oh, love okay. for Matt Campbell. I've been waiting so long to bring that up. Um, there you go. Yeah. So, a lot of love for Matt Campbell. What's your favorite yeah. Matt Campbell story? <laughs> favorite Matt Campbell story? Ah, shoot. Um, he, uh, I think probably my favorite was my, uh, sophomore year when we knocked off number three, Oklahoma in Norman and just kind of him in the locker room after dancing with us and stuff like that. You know, he doesn't have the best moves or, uh, kind of doesn't move well with dancing, but, uh, it's something that, uh, maybe the world can see one day if we're lucky enough, but, uh, and that same year, too, we knocked off number four TCU at home as well. So to kind of have two top five upsets, uh, him in the locker room after, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing to see, especially during the week when he's out there on the field. He's, you know, running around doing drills. He's got puts his hat on backwards. That's when you know it's go time. So uh, he's got the nice bend in the brim, too, which is one thing everyone loves to see nowadays. Um, but, yeah, no, he's uh, seeing him after the game in locker rooms is funny because he's a little more loose and, uh, you know, he'll try to dance and, fit in with the young guys dancing but uh doesn't dance like them but uh no he brings the energy like him though <laughs> hey that's all you can really ask for when dancing yeah no that's that's all you want though he's uh he's a he's a special he's a special coach though yeah for sure um and what was like maybe on and off the field um going back to your time at iowa state what do you have any like personal highlights uh personal highlights i think it's honestly just going back to um i think it's some of the big wins we've had and kind of being a part of you know a change that happened i know my first year we were three and nine and every year after that we finished with a winning record and played in three ball games so i think honestly it's just kind of being a part of that group that kind of really saw what you can do and you know we just put our best foot forward and you know i didn't listen to the outside noise and you know coach Campbell preaches on tunnel vision and that's kind of what we did and like he always says, control the controllables, and that's what we did. So I think for for me, it was kind of that that sophomore year when we that change really happened, and you know we were whatever point underdogs going into Norman, Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield that quarterback, and we went in there and beat them. And you know that same year knocked off TCU, was number four, and you know my junior year we knocked off a top ten West Virginia team at home, and uh, you know so it was just really kind of cool to um, you know just see a group of guys and coaching staff that really kind of bought in and believed in one another. So. Um, you know, that was kind of my favorite part there, uh, you know, just to kind of be a part of something special and uh, just kind of being on, on a team like that because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's football is fun when you're, you know, winning and, and uh, you know, guys are having fun then. So that's kind of my uh, favorite part. 
Right, awesome. And then uh, we just have one last question. We'd like to end Ooh. every interview with this. Uh, you're familiar with my cause, my cleats? Yes. In the NFL? All right. So if you were designing your cleats, which you will be next year, uh, what would your cause be? Oh, my cause? Um, well, I do have a uh, cousin who's autistic. So I think kind of some in the autism world, I think would be kind of really cool to kind of continue to, um, you know, open people's eyes about and kind of understand that, um, you know, at the end of the day that, you know, if you have a disability or whatnot, at the end of the day, you're human too. And, um, you know, my cousin who is autistic, she can draw like no other. And, uh, you know, she writes books and stuff like that. So I think it's kind of cool to kind of put, um, you know, a cause to kind of focus in on that. And that's something that, um, you know, I would really love to kind of, have people gain more knowledge about and just kind of see as well. And it's even a way for me to kind of represent her and her family and my family as well. So, um, you know, it's kind of something that uh, I would kind of like to have some thought into and, um, you know, kind of do that as well, just to kind of, just kind of continue to let people understand that, you know, everyone's human. And at the end of the day, that's kind of the most important part. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming on, man. This was a, a lot of fun. Um, appreciate it yeah, yeah thanks for having me it was awesome yeah no problem we'll have to maybe we'll have to get you back on whenever you're all settled in the nfl yeah let's do it um so yeah uh that was steve wordle and we'll shift back to the episode all righty thank you very much and uh have a good rest of your day awesome you too yeah, you too steve hello and welcome back to the whole nine sports podcast uh, this will be another segment in the in the episode, so I don't know exactly where it's going right now. But you know, you've already heard some other stuff. Uh, so this is our interview with uh, Alabama Edge Terrell Lewis. Uh, joining us right now is me, Brandon, and then Terrell. So how are you doing, Terrell? I'm doing well, man. Can't complain. Yeah, Brandon, how are you? I'm I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so um, we'll start off easy. Uh, we just have a couple questions. Uh, Brandon, you want to go ahead with the first one? Uh, yeah. So, what was your Senior Bowl experience like? Because I know the fans were loving you because the whole Alabama thing. So, just what was that like for you? Uh, it was pretty cool just being in that atmosphere, and obviously the atmosphere definitely showed up and showed a lot of love to all the guys that participated being able to go against those different type of players out there from all different types of big schools, smaller schools, and stuff like that, just going against all the guys you know that are draft eligible. Good getting acclimated and seeing the people that basically making that same transition. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, you're no stranger to, like, big competition. Uh, obviously, you went to Alabama. What was it that convinced you to go to Alabama in the first place? I mean, sure, you had a bunch of offers. What, what stood out about Bama? Basically, what you just said, just the competition level, knowing I'm going to go against top guys every 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 day in practice, starting off as a freshman going in, knowing I'm going to go against guys like Cam Robinson, O.J. Howard, and then even the guys that came in with me, like Jonah Williams and stuff like that, knowing that I'm going to go against that type of competition every day so that when I when it get to the game, the game is much easier than it is to, than practice, in my opinion, and then also, just knowing that going to a place like that, you you get the you get the sense of learning NFL ball before you get there, almost 
as far as like learning the terminology, learning the scheme, what and stuff like that, concept, situational parts of football and all that type of stuff. So, and then also them just showing our versatility as well. Everything about Alabama kind of persuaded me to go and not talk to and then Taj Newport that recruited me, they all kind of had me sold as far they perfect for me in every aspect. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Uh, and I know that I saw, I know you saw because I saw you retweeted, but Ben Fennell was talking about how you've kind of moved all along the defensive line. You've played stand-up linebacker a little bit on the edge. Do you have a preference to play with standing up or with your hand in the dirt? Um... To me, I mean, I don't. Really, I wouldn't say I have a preference. I, I'm comfortable doing both. I know this past year, I know I, I feel like I would have been even more productive if I had my hand down more in certain situations, or just even had a, a opportunity to just really like pin my ears back and rush sometimes. But all in all, I feel comfortable doing you know, anything that would ask of me as far as like run. You know what I'm saying? Playing in a a three tech playing the stack backer playing standing up, it really didn't make a difference to me because I didn't, as far as getting the job done, I felt like I felt comfortable doing whatever to in whatever I was asked of and, and to try to make a play. Like I like being able to play in space and then also have the opportunity to maybe try to catch a pick and stuff like that. So to me, it didn't really, I don't really wouldn't say I have a preference. And, uh, yeah, so you kind of mentioned it earlier, um, but what was it like playing along such a stacked defensive line? I mean, there are so many NFL caliber caliber players already in the NFL that you played with and then that are about to be in the NFL. Um, I mean, it, it, it pushes you to, you know what I'm saying, always never get comfortable as far as, you know what I'm saying, being a beside guys that you know they want it just as bad as you do. Like being playing with guys with like Deron Payne and John Allen and stuff like that, you know you gotta basically be on your P's and Q's when playing out there with them because they 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 put they play at a high standard, so they expect you to play at a high standard as well. So even coming in as a freshman, the first time I kind of got in with those guys, I'm like, man, I can't I can't mess this shit up just because of the fact that I know you know what I'm saying they not they gonna do their job, so I gotta I gotta do my job so. It, it prepares you not only to play at a high standard in college, but also in the league as far as just being around, being around those guys. They they play to such a high level. It, it makes you have to play at a high level. Yeah, and uh, of course, yeah, as we've alluded to, playing the SEC, there's a ton of talent there. Was there a favorite team that you liked playing in the SEC or in college in general? Um, me personally, I always loved that that LSU matchup that we had, and then um, just the atmosphere of it, especially going to their place, and then um, I think the Georgia games that we've had, I love those games too, especially in the national championship. That was a really fun game to play in, just as far as being able to um compete at such a high stage against those a caliber team like that. That was really fun. Yeah, as a uh, as a as a Baton Rouge resident and lifelong LSU fan, it's not always as fun as not always as fun for me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that was uh, everyone. It's it's just the the vibe around the city just gets di- it's different. Bama week. 
And you could tell definitely like my freshman year going up there and you know what I'm saying, traveling and, and playing on the just being able to see on the bus ride to the stadium how the fans are flipping us off and moving us <laughs> and stuff like that. It just felt like okay. Yeah, this, this you could tell the game was about to be live. It was about to be a different type of atmosphere than any other game we had played that year. And then even just being out there under the lights, it just it make you want to it, it make you really want to make plays. And then, uh, what 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 do you think sets you apart from the other edge defenders in this class? Because I mean, there are a lot. It's a pretty stacked class. But like, what what thing? What do you think sets you apart? Um, I think just like that's my versatility, my knowledge behind it, and being able to. I think being able to say that I'm capable of playing so many different roles and being able to do so many different things at a high level as far as being able to get sacks from a three technique or off the edge, um, being able to disguise and blitzes as a stack back and blitz and cause pressure, also dropping coverage and, and, and not just be somebody that takes up space, but be somebody that can, you know what I'm saying, alter a quarterback's decision when when dropping in space, and then also just as far as knowledge of the game, being able to p- play so many different roles, you learn so much about defense as far as scheme wise and stuff like that, to where you you kind of pick up on certain little concepts and stuff like that. Uh, I'm saying that usually I feel like if I would have went to another school, it would have took me a little bit more time to get acclimated in the league. To, to pick up on that knowledge of coming from a school like Bama, you you kind of prepared and you know the things to expect when making that transition as far as playing against pro offenses and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember at, at Media Day, um, you mentioned how you don't think you get enough credit for just your knowledge of the games. Do, do you think that, 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 that you specifically worked on having a high knowledge of the game and you think that'll help you a lot in the next next stage? Oh, yeah, definitely. Just because of the fact that I know, like, a lot of times, like, I I know what's coming before it happens. And then on top of that, like, I know in a couple of games where I made plays because of the fact that, like I said, I knew what was, was coming before it happened pre-snap-wise, before the ball was even snapped on, and just knowing tendencies of how alignment sets. Uh, you know what I'm saying, where their feet are, how, with the angle departure, stuff like that, alignments and motions and stuff like that. So just, you know what I'm saying, having an uh, eye for those things and not just really, as a freshman, I know I would, you know what I'm saying, I would make plays every now and then when I'm going against, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, our offense, maybe like in practice and going against those guys and even though they're talented, being, being able to make plays and stuff like that. But as I got older, I started making more plays off just, the mental side of the game as far as you know what I'm saying, being able to see what's coming and and knowing, okay, this is the you know what I'm saying, I know trust your gut as far as knowing what's behind me and stuff like that. Yeah. Um and aside from like the knowledge part and um just the physicality or or maybe a mixture of both, are there any players that uh in the NFL that you try to model your game after or you, you pick pieces of their game from and mold them into yours? I pick pieces from from just good football in general. So I mean, I I watch guys from that don't even play my position and kind of take something away from them. Make whether it's like okay, uh, I see a safety that knows how to tackle really good in space and stuff like that. So how you know what I'm saying? How does he do that so well? Or just a person's mentality of their you know what I'm saying? How they play. But definitely, 
I watch you know what I'm saying when it comes to pass rushes and stuff like that. I love to watch guys like obviously I think it's typical for everybody to say like Khalil Mack and Von Miller, but guys like Chandler Jones or Frank Clark and and, and who else? Like Zadarius Smith, like those those longer type of guys or you know what I'm saying, shifty type of guys and then guys that just play relentless. Those are the kind of guys that I like to watch as far as my position wise. Do you have like a favorite Nick Saban story that you can tell? I mean, I know me and Saban got stuck on a boat one time, and that kind of went viral. <laughs> I how? <laughs> yeah, I missed this. <laughs> I, I need to know <laughs> what happened. <laughs> yeah, we do this little thing where it's like um the leadership group, and uh yeah, basically the leadership group. He takes us out to the his his boats and all that on the lake in Tuscaloosa and uh as we were kind of doing everything we had two boats going and then people were on jet skis and all that saving usually has us like two people maybe holding on to like little rafts or he trying to get us to swing off the boat I mean swing off the raft and stuff like uh, that like going tubing yeah tubing that's what it is and um while he was doing it, he was driving. He was trying to make a turn to get somebody swerved off. And next thing you know, he's like, the the boat just started slowing down. So we like, wait, what's going on? Like, why you stopping? And uh, he he didn't have a clue like what was going on. So we was just like, I don't know what's going on. And then um, it, it ended up being that I guess the boat either ran out of gas or. <laughs> It, it it went viral though, cause me me and like guys like Tua, we all posted like videos like we stuck in the middle of the and we got no gas. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Um, so the uh, the the NFL Combine's coming up. Um, is there any like thing you're predicting like that you think that you're gonna jump off the paper with, or are you just going in with it with an open mind and like just you th- do you think that you're going to be well-rounded or is there something that you think is going to pop off to people that they might not expect? I'm not sure. I'm really going in with an open mind as far as the combine-wise. I mean, I feel like athletically I, I should be able to put up very decent numbers to people's liking, but I'm not really, as far as prediction-wise, I don't really know what I want to predict as far as whether it even be like 40 time or even jumping as far as that. I mean, I know I've always been a pretty decent jumper and stuff like that but I've, I've i've been training not only to get where i want to be at as far as football season wise but also just as as a, um getting ready for the combine transition and i've been do, basically making my priority as far as getting stronger and keeping my explosion keeping my quick twitch while also getting bigger as far as you know, saying weight wise like i know people were kind of shocked as far as me coming in to the senior bowl at like 258 and I was just like I guess people thought I was small so just kind of still feeling in my frame but also keeping my same athletic ability that's been my uh, Terrell Lewis really just said he's about to uh, break the broad jump record that's crazy <laughs> uh, uh, do you have a personal highlight either on or off the field from your time in Alabama on the field I think even just that national championship was big to me just because of, like, I, like I've said previous times, like with the adversity that we went through that, that season and then me kind of missing the majority of the year and coming back 
and, and playing at a high level and making up for lost time, but also replacing Anthony Jennings who had got hurt that same that that week before. And then even like um, a couple plays this year, I, I felt that even some had went under the radar just as far as like uh like it was one time I had a real big hit against Arkansas running back. I I live off those type of big type hits, but it it kind of was in the middle of a hole, so people didn't it didn't really go notice unless you was on the field and, and you heard it, and then or was at the stadium at the time. So plays like that and. Then, other than that, I'm I'm not really sure. I mean, big off the field wise, just graduating though. That to me, just recently, I didn't realize how big that would have meant to me as far as completing that that school process until it until it was actually over. So uh, you had to go through. Uh, there there was definitely a change with uh, going from Tua to Jalen Hurts. Was there like a big transition in the locker room? Or I I know those two guys must be pretty good leaders. Yeah, both of them are, and then they both handle that situation better than anybody I would expect as far as Jalen and Tua, as far as handling, especially how the media portrayed everything and stuff like that. They did a great job of just conducting themselves the right the right way. You know, I wouldn't expect anything else from those two guys. Um, yeah, we got to see Jalen in, in Mobile, and he is a pro. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah. Then we just have one last question for you that we ask everybody. Uh, are you familiar with my cause, my cleats in the NFL? <clears throat> yeah, I am. I've I've seen them like multiple posts about them. All right. Uh, if you were to design your cleats, which you will be apparently next year, um, if you were to design your cleats, what would your cause be? Just something towards like people coming from a lower income family or single parent home and stuff like that. And then also just those who kind of grow up with learning disabilities and aren't able to kind of be themselves yet because and and go not only just learning disabilities but also those kids who deal with bullying as well. So uh, something along those those three lines. I I actually just thought of one last question, so I'm sorry, but uh, you were talking about your neighborhood. You're from the D.C. area, so XFL just started. Are you a Defenders fan? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen any of the XFL so far? Uh, I saw a little bit. I, I didn't get to watch the game, but I saw one of my old teammates, Bradley Silf. He actually had a pick six, so that was that was pretty neat. It was going all around Bama, Bama Nation. So well, uh, well, well. Thanks for coming on, man. Good luck in combine. Good luck in the draft. Three twenty-eight a.m. Wow, those were some great interviews, right, Alex? That they were. I loved them. Yeah, we just sat here and listened to them both, right? Yeah, uh, that's, that's how exactly that's how happened. podcasting works. We didn't just yes. There's uh, no cuts ever. No, we didn't. We've just sat here in silence, let that play because yep. we. I was like, you know what? I can't have any cuts. Um, yep. So we definitely didn't just say "see you then" and then immediately jump into this. <laughs> Why would you even suggest that? Yeah, that's, who, who, that's, that's not possible. No, literally not. Brandon's going to hate us. Um, <laughs> By so, the way, Dylan, did you know it's only midnight? <laughs> oh, what do you mean? It's 2 a.m. Um, but now we're going to talk about it. fired. <laughs> now we're going to talk about a little something uh, not as fun as the last two interviews. Not as um, fun at all. 
So um, 59,000 yards later and 400 touchdowns later, Phillip Rivers is moving on from the Los Angeles Chargers. And for those of you that don't know, Alex is a Chargers fan. So I just want to – I'll let you talk a little bit about about what Phillip Rivers meant. Um, And you can also read about it. In Alex's in Alex's article that he put out immediately after he after he retired. <laughs> yeah, so um, go to whole nine sports dot com right after you read my XFL article that we plugged earlier in the show. Read my thank you Philip Rivers article. Um, very emotional to write. Uh, I'm 21, right? So pretty much my entire life that I can remember, Philip Rivers has been the quarterback of the Chargers whether that's the San Diego Chargers or the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, He was my favorite player of all time. Um, You know, like, he was Chargers football for so long, and it's going to be weird to not see him on the Chargers, not see him take snaps as a Charger anymore. Um, It's going to, it's not going to feel right. And, you know, everything that he did for the city of San Diego, you know, both while the Chargers were there and not, you know, he had a charity 5K that he ran every year that I went to every year um, that he would speak at and was always there. And, like, he did the 5K with everyone, and he would, like, stop and talk to people and just, like, talk to people just about life. And then once the team moved to L.A., you know, he stayed in San Diego and commuted every single day from San Diego because the city had grown to mean that much to him. And I know a lot of my friends, once the team moved, a lot of my friends, you know, we, it was my freshman year of college. And so a lot of people had moved out of the area and they were like, oh, I'm not really going to support the Chargers anymore. Cause like, what's the point? Like, I don't really feel a connection to them. And just the fact that Philip Rivers was going to stay in San Diego and commute made me feel wrong to bail on him when he wasn't bailing on the city. And, you know, there's a lot of jokes made at the, chargers expense right like you know you they got to the playoffs always and they always managed to find some way to disappoint you but i have no idea what that's like through (laughs) yeah right um but you know through all of that and you know i touch on this in the article but like the 14 seasons that philip rivers was the starter there were like six different head coaches six different offensive coordinators, five or six different rushing leaders, five or six different receiving leaders for the team, you know, two different home cities. And the whole time, the only consistent part of that team was Phillip Rivers. I don't think there's a single other player from the 2006 team when Phillip Rivers start, like started his first game as a Charger in 2006 as the full-time starter. I don't think there's a single other player on the team, on that team, that's on the team now, you know. And it's just unfortunate that. Uh, Antonio he, Gates? No, he well, he retired last year. No, Never he did, he wasn't on the ro- he wasn't on the roster this year. He was a free oh. agent all year, and then he retired. Yeah, you um, could have told me he retired ten years ago, and I would have believed. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things, and it's just, it's just unfortunate that it's this is the way that it's going to happen. You know, I. The whole season, I had, you know, I think Chargers fans kind of knew it was coming to an end. You know, the the on-field product was looking a little rough this year. 
Um, you know, all those guys from 2004 are kind of starting to slow down. You know, Eli Manning retired. Ben Roethlisberger's kind of, his body's kind of breaking down a little bit. And, you know, Phillip just, Phillip looked like Phillip, but, you know, there were, you know, a couple more interceptions, a couple less touchdowns, obviously less wins than, you know, what we kind of grown, grown to expect from him. But, yeah, it's just unfortunate that this is the way that it has to happen. The entire season, even though it was kind of up and down, I was still saying, like, I want Philip to be able to end his Chargers career on his own terms. And I thought that it was, I thought that he had deserved to open that new stadium that the Chargers are going to be playing in next year. Um, and I thought that he had deserved to be able to retire as a lifelong Charger. And I think he still will, obviously. I think he's going to come back and, you know, sign the whole one day contract and retire as a Charger. But, it's just unfortunate that we're going to have to see him play for another team before that happens. Um, you know, whichever team that he goes to, I hope that they succeed. They're immediately going to be my second favorite team in the league. And I hope that they can bring him to the Super Bowl that the Chargers never could. But it's going to be, it's going to be emotion. It's going to be emotionally very rough for me watching him play for a different team next year. Now, immediately jumping into another topic. I know you're not going to want to talk about <laughs> uh, how are you going to replace Philip Rivers? How would you how would you look at replacing him? Because uh, I know um, you're not going to go what everybody else thinks. Yeah, right. So I mean, the obvious so the obvious thing, right, is a lot of people have been mocking Justin Herbert to the Chargers at six. Um, I don't like that pick that much. <laughs> it's nothing against Justin Herbert, really. I mean, obviously he goes to Oregon, I go to Washington, they're rival schools, but it's really not about that. It's just, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, the rat, the rationale that I always had during the season against that pick was just, it doesn't feel like something the Chargers would do, you know? And I think part of, part of why Philip and the Chargers decided mutually part ways, I think is Philip was always very adamant that he would not he wouldn't mentor his replacement, right? Um, He, like every year, the Chargers kind of looked into like, oh, like maybe we'll draft a mid-round guy to replace, you know, eventually replace Phillip down the line. And Phillip was always like, no, I'm not going to help that guy. And can you blame Um, him? He had 27 kids at home. He didn't want to deal with one at work. Yeah, you know, (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, You know, so like the rationale was always just like, I it doesn't feel like the chargers are going to take Herbert at six because I feel like they'd rather just like try to retool and give Philip one last run. But now obviously that's not the case. Um, the Justin Herbert pick is growing on me a little bit. You know, I, I still don't, I still don't love it just from like a pure player perspective. Um, maybe I'm just developing Stockholm syndrome because I've seen it so often. (laughs) Well, all nine sports tweeted out today was uh, it was like Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is blank, and then literally within five seconds, three people replied. Every reply was just the future start Chargers starting quarterback, and we all tagged you. I was I was in the middle of writing the Philip Rivers article, and so I like took a break, looked at my phone, and then immediately (laughs) just like I'm going back to writing this. I'm going to (laughs) cry. But yeah. Uh, you know, there's been rumors about some other stuff too. You know, there's the whole Tom Brady thing. There have been 
some rumors about like trading for Cam Newton, I guess. There have been, you know, pretty much anyone you can think of, I think, has been rumored to be, you know, a move for the Chargers. You know, I think there's been, you know, there's been people predicting that or saying that we should sign Teddy Bridgewater too. And it's just like, I don't know, man. I haven't really had time to process like what I want them to do. You know, I still don't love the idea of taking a quarterback at six. I think that's what they're going to end up doing just because like we very clearly need a new quarterback at this point. Where would you go otherwise? Is the would you um, go Teddy Bridgewater if he goes if he becomes a free agent? Would you like that? I mean, Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean if we don't take a quarterback at six, right? And you're talking about like free agency. I think of the free agent quarterbacks that there are, I'd m- rather have Teddy Bridgewater than any of the rest of them. I'm gonna throw a couple. Tra- I'm gonna go throw a, a couple scenarios at you. Okay, sure. All right, so you can either draft Justin Herbert or Jordan Love at six. Okay. Or sign or draft an offensive lineman and right. sign Jameis Winston. Okay. And which of those would I prefer? Yeah. Of those two? Um. Man, I really don't like Jameis Winston, but that's hard. I feel like you I would. If, I feel like you would take drafting an offensive lineman and signing Teddy Bridgewater. So that's why I threw yeah, James Winston at you. Absolutely. Yeah, James Winston's hard, man. Um, I think in that case, I'd probably rather go Herbert at six and then draft an offensive lineman with the second round pick. Um, but that's that's a rough one. You know, I've seen people kind of saying like. You know, as far as like the Philip Rivers to Tampa rumors, people are like, "Oh, is Philip Rivers really that much that of an make upgrade over Jameis Winston? They're kind of the same player." I'm like, "No, get out of here." I don't think they're the same player. I just just, I just in terms of like production, I guess, just like the interceptions and everything. Yeah, they no, both threw a lot of interceptions last year. Yeah, great. Yeah, um. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think if we have to sign a free agent, I'd rather it be Teddy Bridgewater just because all the other guys are so much older that like I don't really feel like it moves the needle that much versus like having Terod Taylor play out the last year of his contract. Yeah, and, um, and draft Jalen Hurts in the second. Draft Jacob Eason in the second. Um, huh. I would draft Jacob Eason <laughs> in the third if I were the Chargers. I mean, maybe. I don't think he's going to be there, but if he was there, I'd do it. Um, what, pay attention, I think paying attention to his phone because he didn't expect to go that high? That was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if we have to draft a quarterback, I I still lean towards taking someone in the second. I don't know who we're going to be able to get in the second, though, depending on how everything shakes out. Do, so we se- might do have second round quarterbacks ever work out? Andy Dalton, I guess. <laughs> oh, but like okay. not really. <laughs> okay, Andy Dalton. Um, Andy Dalton. I mean, Drew Locke was a second rounder, I guess. I'll take. I mean, he looked okay. He, he looked okay in the second round. Daniel yeah, Jones was a second know. round. Wait, no, that was sixth overall. No, no sixth <laughs> overall. No, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting fired. Um, um <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. So, um, we'll wrap this up just to kind of keep this episode a little bit shorter. 
Um, but thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking about Philip Rivers and giving an insight to. He's definitely not one Chargers fan to this, but just in case he is, uh, I love you, Philip. So thanks for coming on and talking about Philip Rivers, uh, Alex, giving us a little bit of unprecedented, uh, not unprecedented. We're not lost. Most of us probably aren't Los Los Angeles Chargers fans. Um, previously San Probably Diego not. Chargers fans. I think I, so might, I might be one of the only ones left, left yeah. at this point. Um, um, I'm sure more people yeah. listen to this podcast than go to Chargers home games. <laughs> that might be that that might be true, yeah. Um, um, especially now that Philip Rivers' family isn't going. <laughs> yeah. That, that was probably like half the attendance. Definitely true. Um, I love you, Philip. I'm sorry. <laughs> and that's like four times our fan base those Philip Rivers kids. Um, yeah. Do you know his his career high completion percentage was 69? Love that for him. Nice. Um, nice. So thanks for joining. You can follow Alex uh, on Twitter, uh, at Alex Katzen. You can read his stuff on Whole9Sports.com. You can uh, read some of my stuff on Whole9Sports.com. I just had a mock draft come out today where I explored the possibility of uh, – Justin Herbert going number one. I don't think that'll happen, but, you know, I was like, you know, what if it did? What would the draft look like after that? So I did that. It's fascinating. Go read it. <laughs> Go it's read really it. It's really good. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter. You can follow Brandon. You can follow me on Twitter. Yeah. At Dilly Sanders. You can follow Brandon on Twitter. At Davidus underscore Brandon. You can follow Steve Wordle on Twitter. At Steven Wordle. And then Terrell Lewis's. And you can follow Terrell on Twitter. At underscore real 24 underscore on t- twitter yes I, that was a uh, on, on twitter.com <laughs> on twitter.com I had a, trouble reading that one um it's all those underscores like i told brandon <laughs> yeah yeah um you know me and alex and steve we don't have underscores in our name that's true <laughs> my um, name my twitter handle is just my name mine it's is really a easy. variation of my name i don't even go by dilly yeah. No one calls me Dilly, and I don't like when people call me Dilly, but I'm on Twitter, I'm Dilly Sanders. Just because I didn't sure. feel like putting Dylan Sanders. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't know. Uh, thanks for listening. All my social media handles are just my name, because my name is unique. Bye. Yeah, but still. <laughs> Bye. Shut up, Alex. <laughs> <laughs>